Are we really doing this? We're doing it. Ah! Welcome to the Mom Tales and Cocktails podcast. I'm Shelby Lovitz, the fitness and nutrition coach for moms and soon-to-be moms, mom of three and twin mom. My passion is helping women learn to strengthen their bodies and mind for pregnancy, postpartum, and beyond. And I'm Erin Patel, mom of two toddler boys. I work in aerospace and defense doing digital transformation and supply chain strategy, so data is in my DNA. I'm always looking for research-backed solutions to better myself as a mom and as an individual, and I love helping other moms do the same. We're here to give you the tough love, the real and raw truths on motherhood and how to do it all without losing yourself along the way. So sit back with your cocktail or mocktail and get ready to transform your mind, body, and life. Hello, beautiful moms. We are so, so excited to be back recording for season two, and it is going to be better than ever. And it honestly feels like forever since we've recorded, but we've just been having an amazing summer with lots of fun family time, vacations, and I cannot believe fall is almost here. But with season two, we're going to be bringing so much juiciness when it comes to taking care of you during pregnancy and postpartum. And we're going to have some amazing guests along the way. But today we're really going to dive deep into working out postpartum and how to really ease back into it because there's really so much contradicting information, misinformation out there. But first, I have to know, E, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking a makeshift Aperol spritz. I didn't have club soda, which is doesn't make sense. I literally live off of club soda. <laughs> um, and I didn't do any measurements. And I don't have an orange, but I've got some Prosecco with a little splashy splash of Aperol. And it's nice. It's nice. It still tastes good. Yeah. Very refreshing. <laughs> what do you have? I am drinking a Sauvignon Blanc. And I don't think I've ever seen you like willingly, proactively drink a white wine. I've been like more into white wine lately. I feel like I used to be like, oh. I used to hate on white wine. I feel like you I were used to be yeah, like a big hater. <laughs> yes. Very anti. Like I wouldn't even take a sip. But I was just like, I just like my red. My but red. I feel like I, in the summer, I really do enjoy it and usually I feel like Sauvignon Blanc has been my favorite. This one is yeah. a little bit a little bit sweeter, but it's fine. Okay. So yeah, Sauv was always my favorite up until like that Josh Pinot Grige. Mm, that yeah. changed me. I know but that I could feel be like specific. I, I feel like I started drinking Sauvignon Blanc because of that used to be your favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still do love it. It's nice. But since we last recorded, I know on our like last episode, we talked a little bit about how we're on the past couple episodes talked about how we had vacations and I had vacation coming up and we had our family vacation this summer and to be expected, it was a little bit insane. It was the twins' first time at the beach. Axel just like ran all over the place, but it was still so much fun and just nice to be in like a different environment. Um, 
But more importantly, I need a recap on Aaron's recent vacation because I am just so insanely jealous. I feel like I can't even talk about it enough to do it true justice. Um, we went to Napa with some of our friends for, well, for our best friend's husband's 40th birthday. And they are like the best people to travel with because they're such amazing researchers and planners. So for me, I literally just had to show up and everything was planned out. They like sent itineraries, dress codes, like it was just the easiest trip. And oh, obviously it was our first trip away from the kids ever. Um, So that was like emotional on a lot of different levels, but it was so nice to have that dedicated time with the Mitt, dedicated adult time. Um, I mean, I missed the kids like crazy, but I knew that they were in good hands. My mom, superwoman, she managed them both all by herself um, with some lifelines on, on call to help her out. But my God, it was just, the weather was gorgeous. The wine was amazing. Now I feel like I'm going to be a wine snob. Like, I don't know <laughs> if you're going to see black box at my house anymore, um, but that'll probably be fleeting. But yeah, gosh, it was just incredible. So, so incredible. did you get, so are you getting wine shipped to you? Hmm. Well, <laughs> I, I want to say that I behaved, <laughs> but I didn't really. Um, the first uh, place we went to was they like specialized in sparkling. And there's only, I think, eight sparklings in all of like Napa and Sonoma. So I was like energized by the fact that it was the only sparkling uh, winery that we were going to. So we got six there, but a lot of places don't ship to New Jersey. So they do ship to Maryland. So we're having stuff shipped to um, Christine's house. And then some, I guess, is going to come to us. But anyway, I tried to keep it clean. So we only did six bottles at the first place. And then the second place, oh my God, unbelievable. Um, went a little over the top there. Um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. And then the last one we went to on our big wine tasting day, we each got one bottle because it made the wine tasting free. So it was like $400 for the tasting. So if you spent $400 in wine, then the tasting was free. So it was kind of like a no-brainer. And then we went to this really cool place and Amit like was obsessed with the wine, but he was like, I think a little stressed about what I had done the day before. <laughs> and so we didn't end up getting anything there, but it was phenomenal. Uh, that's so, amazing. Well, we're waiting for it to roll in. Please share. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> okay. Well, now that we've talked about our vacations and summer and things that we've had going on, let's dive into exercise postpartum. So I know we've shared a little bit about this in the past of what this really looked like for both of us. Um, you can go back to episode four to hear more about this and really just how to um, approach changes to your body postpartum. But I really had two very different experiences with exercises postpartum. So with my first pregnancy, I really just got to this place where I just felt so uncomfortable in my body. It was like the first time in so long where I felt like I had some weight to lose, which 
cause me to revert back to old habits that I've had in the past with working out way too much. I'm doing way, way too much cardio and I did lose some weight, but it just was not sustainable. It wasn't enjoyable and it definitely just didn't fit with my life as a new, as a new mom with a newborn. So I was like, this doesn't work. So I went back to my normal ways of lifting heavier. And that's when I truly started to see changes in my body. So when I had the twins, I'm like, I'm doing things differently. I'm really just going to ease back into this. I'm going to give myself grace. I'm going to be nice to myself and my body and just go into things slowly, be really intentional about it. And it just felt so, so much better and was more sustainable for the long term. I feel like if there's anything I've learned throughout my life is that anytime you try to do something like haphazardly or rushed or like a quick fix, it always fails. Like I can't think of any time where I was like, yeah, I was super successful when I did that. But when you like take the time and play the long game, that's where sustainable changes happen. That's where new habits are born, sustainable habits are born. And also you, I think, grow as a person by like taking the time to do that journey. Um, So with my postpartum experiences, I was like, it was in by far the worst shape of my life before I got pregnant with Ari. And I ended up like losing weight through pregnancy. So by the time I gave birth, I was like, not pleased at all with my body, but like it was so not in the forefront of my mind. Um, Like I knew down the road, like I was going to want to start working out, but it like wasn't near term on my radar. And it wasn't until you were like, so are you ready to work out with me yet? Are you ready to start working with me? And I was like, okay, sure. So I was like on board with it and just committed to taking it one step at a time, going easy, just creating new habits, sustainable habits. I'm not trying to rush into it. I didn't have like a goal in mind. And then with Zane, because of the habits I established, uh, like working with you after Ari, and I got pregnant um, when Ari was seven months old for anybody who doesn't know that. Um, So it was kind of a short window for me, but I had, in that time, I had created a lot of really great habits. I found, refound my love for working out and maintained that throughout my pregnancy with Zane. And I remember being in the hospital after I delivered, just like pacing around like, can I work out now? Can I work out now? Like, I just like, it was so ingrained in me and like, I was just ready. I didn't feel like, I don't know. I was ready. I'll just say that. But I took it slow. I made sure that I didn't get hurt because God forbid, trying to be a mom while hurt, while postpartum, like none of that's good. Um, So I did things smartly, but it was a different mindset completely. I love it. And yes, I, we really worked together after Aaron had Zane, we worked together to really work on like reestablishing her core and her pelvic floor, which we'll dive a little bit more into in the episode, but really like laying a foundation so that she could ease back into exercise safely and effectively. 
Um, So that's what we're really going to share with you today and really how to ease back into working out postpartum. And when I say ease, I mean ease and because so often women try to rush back into working out and I totally get this like you know if you've been in a habit and routine with working out I know you feel like super anxious to really get back into things or maybe you are feeling like you really want to get your body back or just get into a good routine but you can really end up doing a lot more long-term damage if you don't go back into things in a safe and effective way. And on the other hand, too, um, you may not be ready to start working out again, even if you're technically cleared by your doctor, and that's okay, too. So um, it can kind of go both ways. But before we really dive into how to ease back into it, we want to talk about some of the benefits of working out postpartum and also some of the obstacles that you may face. And honestly, a lot of these obstacles aren't just the benefits and the obstacles aren't just postpartum. They apply to any, any time, um, being a mom. So we really just need to. Stop looking at exercise as only a way to change your body. There are just so many healthy benefits, um, just having a positive effect on your well-being and also symptoms of depression, having an, an improved mood and body image, and also reduced rates of postpartum anxiety and depression. So, you know, knowing that you are doing something for you and taking care of yourself can really help with that. Um, And then also at the same time, you know, it's not only about your body, but that's still a factor. So if you do get back into exercise postpartum, you are much more likely to return to your pre-pregnancy weight by incorporating exercise. I feel like in both my experiences for the first time in my life, well, I guess first and second time, um, exercise wasn't about like changing my body, getting my body back. It was with Ari, it was about establishing those new behaviors so that I could be the best version of me for him for the long haul. And then with Zane, like when I was saying I was pacing around the hospital room, it wasn't because... I was craving that old body or anything like that. It was like, I was craving the movement and the endorphins and like the energy that I gain from working out. Okay. So with the benefits also come a lot of obstacles when you're trying to get back into working out postpartum. And I've seen this often too, like a lot of times, maybe it does feel like easier at first if you're on maternity leave and it's like you feel like you have a lot of time and all the time in the world and then when like real kind of like real life sets back in if you are um you know working that is like a big factor into things but some of the things that can really 
get in the way of exercising postpartum, you know, having a lack of a support network, whether that's family or friends or daycare options, whatever it is, um, difficulty adjusting to your life as a new mom, maybe feeling like isolated socially can, you know, have that um, anxiety and maybe depression um, effect mental health issues and a huge one is just like caring for your baby becomes a priority and it is a priority but a lot of times that leads you to put your own physical and mental needs to the back burner um just like exhaustion obviously you're getting very interrupted sleep or little sleep because the baby is up all the time, um, lacking motivation to exercise or a desire to exercise. And if you have multiple kids, that definitely changes things for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was just going to say something and I completely lost my train of thought. It had to do with lacking motivation or desire to exercise. Oh, going back to like my old mentalities. I know that this one would have been super relatable to me had I not made behavioral changes because I would often get wrapped around the, what's the point? Oh, I just gave birth. What's the point? I'm not going to like, my body's not going to change. What's the point? And like, I would let that be a hindrance to actually getting started. And I think that could be like one of the biggest obstacles too, just getting out of your own way. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the support network is huge too, especially for first time moms as you're trying to navigate like what postpartum, what schedules look like for your kids and whether you opt to schedule or you don't schedule, um, that makes things more challenging too. So that's one of my personal passions is Mm -hmm. schedule sleep training, but (laughs) because to me, there's just so many benefits, but anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, okay. So let's talk about ways that we can overcome some of these barriers because in some fashion, I'm sure we've all faced them. So like the easiest one is to just work out while your baby is present. Like put the baby in the swing, do some tummy time with the baby and take it easy. Um, I also think it's really great. I know that babies are babies, but like demonstrating healthy habits, demonstrating exercise, making exercise a part of their life from day one is a great foot to get out, um, get off on. And then making sure that your goals are aligned with your current values, your lifestyle, your desires, like, don't. this is a marathon, not a sprint. Rome doesn't need to be built in a day. Just make sure that you're going at the pace that suits your um, current stage of life. And with that, adjusting your schedule for what's best for you and the baby. It might not be the same every day, but be comfortable being flexible, be comfortable. Adapting and adjusting. Adapting. (laughs) Adapting and adjusting because there's going to be comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) There's going to be times, you know, if even if you do have a schedule and, you know, it's nap time and they're supposed to be napping. (laughs) (laughs) But they only end up napping for 30 minutes or 25 minutes, then it's like, 
things get interrupted. So being okay with like switching things up, changing your schedule. Yeah. Yeah. If you go into it with the expectation that it's likely going to get cut short, then you won't be disappointed if it does. And you'll be really happy if it doesn't. Yes. Very happy. That's like the best feeling is like, oh my God, I got through this entire workout before anybody woke up. It's such a good feeling. (laughs) This morning, I was up really early for some reason. And it was already at work. It was like 5, 530. It's very early for me. And I was like, what can I do with my time? I can drink a hot cup of coffee. I was like, I would really love to kickstart my day with a workout. Um, so I'm going to like get my morning going to prioritize that. And then don't, you know, <laughs> here, better patter of Ari's feet. Um, but it was good. We, we got to work early and he helped me. And anyway, okay, I'm going to have a tangent. So, okay. Other ways to overcome our barriers. <laughs> um, yeah. Just take it day by day. Yes. Day by day. And you know. rest, focus on rest. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a big one. Like, Again, with getting comfortable with new routines, new mindsets, prioritize not just like sleep, but physical rest. Because um, as that Dr. James that I love oh so much, Mm -hmm. he always says that prioritize the sleep or if you have to choose between sleep and a workout or rest, take the rest so that you can perform in other areas. And I find that to be very comforting. Yeah, so... Even if that means like, you know, today wasn't supposed to be a rest day, but something came up or, you know, maybe you're didn't get as good of a night of sleep. Maybe it becomes an unplanned rest day. So you want to just, you know, prioritize rest so that you can have the most energy, because if you're feeling depleted, not feeling energized and you try to get in a workout, then, you know, is it really actually going to be that great of a workout? Um, And, you know, doing something is always better than nothing, but can you fit it in at another time where you're going to have, where you're going to have more energy and have a better workout and get more out of it? Uh, Wait, before we move, sorry, no, go no, I was going to say, I didn't know if we were moving on to the next one, but before we move on, uh, this just came to mind and I feel bad for not thinking of it earlier. Um, your birth story could also be an obstacle that you have to get over, like whether it was a C-section planned or unplanned or like severe tearing or just anything traumatic. I want to like make sure that those moms are heard. We have friends that have been through some pretty ugly stuff. Um, in terms of giving birth and that definitely impacts your ability to get back on the wagon and start incorporating exercise. Yeah. That can have a huge effect, not just like physically, but mentally as well. Um, So that's definitely something to think about. And also, you know, as we've talked about in past episodes, it can be easy to kind of fall into a comparison trap with that, like feeling like, you should, because you're like X amount of weeks postpartum or months that you should be able to do these things. And this person is doing that, but your birth and your experience has been so different that 
we can't compare it. It's so everyone's body and experiences are so different. So that's another thing, like overcome the comparison trap. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Own your own journey, own your story and don't focus on other people. It's just going to make you spark. Okay. So now let's dive into weeks one to six postpartum. So please, please do not pick up any weights until you are actually cleared by your doctor at your six week appointment. Um, there's a lot of, you know, pelvic health physiotherapists that really say that once you're postpartum, you are always postpartum. And there's so many changes that occur in your body during pregnancy and postpartum that really can have a lasting or lifelong effect on your health or your quality of life. And this doesn't mean that you need to be doing like rehab type of workouts forever, but really just means you have a higher likelihood of pelvic floor dysfunction than women who have never been pregnant. So it's really important to ensure that your core and your pelvic floor are in a good place before moving into any like intense exercise. And really your focus during these first six weeks postpartum should really be on just recovering from your birth, um, getting rest, which we talked about when you can. <laughs> um, we know it's tough. Um, and really like establishing feeding with your baby, really establishing some just gentle movement and reestablishing breathing patterns and core and pelvic floor connection. Um, so with that, really focusing on, um, what we call connection breath. So, your abdominal muscles were lengthened throughout pregnancy to make room for your baby, which can leave you feeling like disconnected from your body, um, which does improve just with time. Um, the further along you are postpartum and just natural healing, but really focusing on good breathing pattern and core and pelvic floor muscle activation may help you regain this um, body awareness and better muscle function before you really start working out again. So really focusing on your core, your pelvic floor, breathing patterns in those, um, first six weeks can really set you up and lay a good foundation to get back into exercise once you're actually cleared. Again, it's all about playing the long game taking time, taking it slow and like focusing on the micro elements. Like I very, very rarely think about how I'm breathing on a regular day. And I know that I still don't breathe properly when I'm working out, but taking that time to just like reconnect with yourself um, is really important. And I feel like working with you when you loaded my fitness or not my fitness spell, um, crew coach with like my postpartum workout plan. And it was like connection breath, pelvic floor. I forget pelvic floor thingies and maybe some 
um, bridges or something, whatever. Uh, but I remember just being like energized by the fact that I was like opening the app again and I was able to like check off that I was doing it. So there was the physical and the mental health component that were both really fulfilling in a way that I wouldn't normally think would be. So take your wins where you can. Yeah. And it's good too. Cause like, I also just have, um, I have a client now who didn't like, she didn't work. We worked together a while ago. She didn't work out through pregnancy and she hadn't worked out in a bit postpartum. So she was feeling like nervous a little bit getting back into it. So we really started with a lot of these things, even though she wasn't like immediately postpartum, she still hadn't worked out for um, a few months postpartum. So we really focused on these things first. And she just felt like at ease because she was like, this is like doable. And this just feels really good to, you know, just start like getting back movement and really just like laying that foundation first is a really good way to ease into things. 100% agree. I love that story. Yeah. Um, And then walking. So you definitely can start incorporating um, just some walking prior to getting cleared. And it really is, I mean, of course, depending on where you live, when you have your baby can definitely make a difference. But it's really just like a convenient way to get movement in and just like get fresh air, get out of the house when you're in the house a lot with a newborn. Um, and many women find that the first seven to 10 days post birth, you may feel really sore regardless if you had a C-section or vaginal delivery. Um, and I know it may feel like Erin said she was pacing around the room. It may feel like really tempting to get out for walks and like long walks. Um, but it may make soreness worse. Also, if you are like pushing a stroller, it may put more strain on you. So, you know, if you have someone else that you can bring with you that can maybe push the stroller and you can walk along or also if you can get some time to yourself. That may feel better, but really just starting by, you know, taking a walk around the block um, or doing 10 minutes on your first outing. And if there's no pain or you're not feeling any like heaviness in your pelvic floor, then just like gradually extending the distance um, on the next time you go out. And a lot of women too find that doing like two shorter walks throughout the day feels better than doing one longer walk. I remember when I like did my first walk outside after having Leo, I was like moving very, very, very slow. <laughs> I remember I was like just so scared of like doing anything wrong. And it was like, let's bring the baby out for a walk. And he was born in March. So it was like still cold, but like I was like, well, shouldn't we like wait till he goes to his first checkup? Like, I was just like so scared. And he's like taking the baby outside. I'm like, <laughs> but like that, yeah, that movement was just like what I needed. I needed him to like push me along to go do it. I don't know why I'm telling this story, um, but it feels like just yesterday. Like, God, it's crazy. I know. Yeah, it does like physically and mentally. It just, it definitely feels really good we took we did a lot of walks 
And then just like some basic stretching and mobility work can really be soothing for sore muscles or any aching joints and really just um, maybe starting with some more supportive stretches like pelvic tilts and knee rolls lying on your back and then work up from there. And they also, these exercises also really encourage low level abdominal activation and also like mobility work on your neck shoulders and upper back like maybe some shoulder rolls and basic neck stretches can really feel good too especially if you are breastfeeding a lot of the time we're like hunched over when you're breastfeeding so really getting in some like mobility work and stretching can help you feel better too totally okay so Once we hit that like six week mark, we're ready to go. We go to our, you know, checkup. Um, If you are not cleared, please don't start working out either. Wait until you are officially cleared to really start incorporating um, more intense exercise. And also know that your doctor is not going to check your pelvic floor. So, you know, it's really not much of a check. It's basically just like if you had any stitching, let's make sure everything's closed up. Let's make sure everything, you know, looks good, good, but they're not assessing your pelvic floor at all. So that's why it can be really, really beneficial. I highly recommend seeing a pelvic floor. Um, Do you know why that is? Why that's not part of the exam? Um, I think it's just, I don't know. I I don't know for sure. It's just not their like specialty, I guess. Interesting. I feel like it should be. Yeah, agreed. I feel like that's like a really critical component. And then like, I remember talking about this after Zane, because I didn't even know what a pelvic floor was. Sorry. Um, And I was like, I felt good, but I was like, oh, you know what? I should probably just do it anyway. Go see the... um, was it physical therapist? Where do you, mm-hmm. where do you go to see? Um, um, yeah. And I was like, that's a really good idea. That's like, yeah, that's a smart choice. But then it was like finding one, making the appointment, getting to the appointment. And like all of that became like very burdensome in my mind. So I feel like that's something that needs to change. And it yeah. really does need to change because after the twin, like with Leo, I didn't really know much about it. Um, but with the twins of course I did so I went to when I had my six-week appointment I asked for a recommendation for one and they were like so excited they were like wow like they were so impressed that I like asked for that recommendation but I feel like it's weird that it they don't just like recommend it recommend to it. tell you about it and also mm-hmm. the thing about it too is like even like if they don't they want to do. leave without birth control, but <laughs> they won't recommend the pelvic floor doctor. And even if like at your six week appointment, they do recommend it to you. A lot of these um, physiotherapists are really like hard to get into. So even if you are, you know, at six weeks postpartum, they tell you to go see a 
a, you know, pelvic floor physiotherapist. And then you have to wait like months to actually get an appointment to get in. So really getting ahead of the game. You know, I do have a postpartum course that will take you through all of this and give you all of the exercises, all of the things. If you want to learn more about that, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram and we can chat and decide if it's a good fit. But really getting ahead of it is so, so key. Um, So you don't have to, I mean, of course you want to see the pelvic floor physiotherapist, but so that you're not just like waiting on that to really like get started and get back um, to feeling like you again. Um, So, you know, after that, really, like I said, easing into things. So, you know, starting with body weight exercises and then once you're feeling good with that, getting into dumbbells and then, you know, I really recommend doing you know, only dumbbells or like lighter weight, probably up until 12 weeks. And then if you are someone who works out with a barbell, then maybe around that 12 week, 12 week mark is a good time to start incorporating a barbell again. So just really just ensuring that you're performing exercises that are feeling comfortable and safe as you're gradually progressing to more difficult exercises. So In other words, you're performing exercises where you're not leaking, you're not feeling any any heaviness in your pelvic floor, and you're not having any pain. So don't try to push through the pain. Don't try to push through all these things. Um, And then, again, focusing on the core work. So since there have been more significant changes to your diaphragm, to your pelvic floor, your depth, your abdominal wall during pregnancy, it's really important to to include (laughs) core stability exercises Um, and really start with more like isolated work and working on the deeper core. So exercises like dead bugs, um, heel slides and planks are really going to work on that deeper layer of your abdominal wall. And then when it comes to like cardio, um, it's, you know, start to incorporate some moderate cardio, maybe three times per week, which can then maybe be increased to five times per week, um, depending on your level of fatigue. Uh, You know, in the earlier stages, like starting at six weeks, maybe 10 to 20 minutes of exercise, maybe plenty um, and just doing really low impact things. And like we said, walking is like a great form of exercises in the, a great form of exercise in these early postpartum stages, but also, you know, maybe just riding a stationary bike, um, and performing a low impact circuit or a water aerobics class could be good options as well. What about yoga? Yes. Yoga. It's great. Yeah. And yoga really does like not even, I'm sure they, I know they have um, prenatal classes. I'm sure. I don't know. I feel like they should have like a postnatal yoga class. Um, But even in 
like the regular yoga class I take, which is like a flow um, class, they talk about the pelvic floor in the class, like to ensure that it's like contracted and that you are working that even in like the regular class. So yoga is definitely a good thing to incorporate for sure. So weird. I feel like only recently I've learned what a pelvic floor is. Like, why don't Mm -hmm. they teach this in like sex ed class or whatever you're learning about your anatomy? Because I feel like that's something you should always be focusing on. Mm -hmm. Like I wouldn't have any baseline to say like, I felt this way pre-partum, pre-baby versus this way postpartum. So like, no, to pay attention to that difference. You know, I feel like that's kind of doing us all a disservice. I'm going to do an Instagram post on this soon, but I'm not going to say what it is, but I was listening to a very well-known podcast and there was an ad on there and the girl was saying she does like trampoline workouts or something like that. And she was like, people always ask me why or how I can do these workouts without like peeing myself or whatever. And it was an ad for like pads that you can wear. And I think this is like another problem. It's just like, oh, you know, leaking live with it. Urine is just like a normal thing so let's just put a band-aid on it and wear a pad that's gonna help absorb that but really you know it is a common thing if you are leaking especially during exercise um but just because it's common doesn't mean that it's quote-unquote normal and it can be fixed or can be lessened that's just crazy like To accept that as like your normal state when there is a fix available or, you know, you can work towards a fix. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I think there's just like, like we said at the beginning of the episode, just a lot of misinformation, lack of information. So we're here to change that. Yes. Love it. Um. Trying to think of anything else that stands out to me about postpartum. Your class, I mean, that's obviously awesome. Highly recommend it. I don't know if you're offering it right now, but um, and I don't really have any action steps other than go follow Shelby, look at her <laughs> content. <laughs> As always. Give yourself grace, be careful, be intentional with your movement, don't be haphazard, play the long game. And you'll thank yourself. And so are your baby or babies. You had so you just had so many amazing action steps. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I just slip on. <laughs> oh. All right. I'm happy to be back. Go so season happy. Two. Let's do it. And I just so happened to be wearing our merch today. I know. Yes. Let us know. We got good feedback on Instagram about having some merch so maybe we'll put out some like samples and have you vote yeah yeah let's do a contest (laughs) 
submit your mom tails and cocktails logo. Oh, anyway, that's, that sounds intense. <laughs> <laughs> well, there could be a prize. We'll see. Yeah, and hint there may be there may be some prizes coming soon. Woohoo! Peace out, Cub Scouts. It means so much to us to have you on this journey, and together we hope we can make mom life a little bit easier for you one episode at a time. As always, never hesitate to DM us on Instagram at Momtails and Cocktails Podcast with your momtails, and don't forget to follow here, and we will see you on the next episode.